Hey, it's Kaylin Priest, and you are listening to the Wholehearted Business Podcast. Hey, my friends, welcome back for another episode. Today, I'm bringing you a recording of an open coaching call that I did last week, just open invite to whoever in my audience wanted to come, totally free, to give you a sample of the work that we're going to be doing inside the greenhouse, my new program. The doors are officially open and they will be closing again this Friday, March 1st. The Greenhouse is an open group coaching experience where I'll be going live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time and every other week I'll be switching off between bringing a training or a teaching that I feel like is needed among the group and on the other weeks I'll be opening up a, a Zoom room for open coaching. So if you're curious about what happens on an open coaching call, this is a sample of what happens. Basically, I just offer an open invite for whoever wants to turn on their video and their camera to come chat with me and coach you live in real time through whatever challenges or hangups or roadblocks that you're bumping up against. And so we had some really fun conversations all around money was the theme, the topic for this coaching call. So I hope you love this session. And if you, if you really do love this session and would love to participate in these more in the future, go to the link in my bio on Instagram and you can see the sales page and all the info about the greenhouse with a link to join. You can opt to join for $99 per month. It's a six month experience. Or you can opt to pay in full for $5.97 all at once. So choose whichever option is better for you. But I'm really excited to offer this space at a lower ticket rate than what I would normally charge for private coaching while still allowing you the opportunity to be coached by me, as well as hear other women be coached in real time too. So I hope you love this episode. Welcome. So happy to have you. I love open coaching. It's one of my favorite things. So can we have you guys? Well, we've got, a, we've got a few minutes. Let me start off with a little story. Let me tell you about why I'm so passionate and in love with money mindset work. I have had so many experiences in my life and in my business where it felt like I had a constant weight on my shoulders of related to stress about money. I don't know if any of you can relate to this. I think it's very common. I think it's part of our experience as human beings. Um, and you're going to hear me say this a dozen times today that learning to feel peace and joy with your financial situation is, let me say that again, learning to feel peace about your financial situation is not something that you earn. Feeling peace about your financial situation does not improve when you make more money, but it's an actual skill. It's an actual ability like learning how to ride a bike, like learning how to post on Instagram, I think that feeling peaceful about your about money is a skill that's learned. And I'm going to teach you how we're going to work on work through it today. Um, so the way that we're going to run this session, let's just get started. The way that I'm going to run this session is if you already know that you would love to be coached by me, would you click the raise hand button? And then I'll be able to see it on my end. And we're just going to do first come first serve. So when you raise your hand, hopefully I'll be able to see it over here. I think I'll be able to see it. Turn your camera on if you can. Turn your mic on for sure. And let's chat about money and whatever I can help you with. If you're not sure, like, what would I ask Kaylin about related to my money? We can talk about a specific situation that's happening in your life that you feel super stressed about. 
We can talk about a specific expense or thing that you often spend money on that stresses you out. We can talk about raising your prices. If nothing else, I would love for you to take home the principle today that feeling peace about money is not something that you earn. It's something that you learn. So let me explain what I mean by that. I think I'll, I'll speak for myself. For so long, I had this belief that once I made more money, then I would not feel stressed about money anymore. And I have so much of my own evidence to prove that's not true. And I have evidence of my clients as well, who I coach through this. I don't feel like this money work ever ends. There's always new ways to experience and feel about money. It's like a constantly... It's something inside of me that's constantly growing. You guys, I always use the analogy of plants and gardens. And that feels so accurate for me. I just have like this tree, this money tree, can we call it that, inside my heart that's constantly growing and expanding. And the fruit on it gets sweeter. The fruit on it multiplies and becomes more and more abundant. And that's what I want for you to experience. So also, before we get going, let me say that the doors for the greenhouse are open today. If you are on this call today, you should probably be in the greenhouse. <laughs> Is it okay if I just say it like that? We're gonna be doing calls like this every week. Every Thursday, about this time, I'm gonna go live. Some weeks I will bring a live training or teaching. Some weeks we will just do open coaching like this about any topic that I feel like I wanna talk about related to money, marketing, and motherhood. And always in the interest of helping you increase your income, and always in the interest of helping you increase the peace in your life, not the other way around. But if you already know you want to be coached, push Ray's hand, and then you are going to go next after Kate, who's going to go first. Are you ready, Kate? Sorry, you know, You're typical, right. like tech issues, right? I, get it. I totally get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Kaylin, I've been following you for, you know, I've taken your courses for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, yes. Money is a big issue and all my issues around money, totally. I mean, everything you said resonates. <laughs> I know the feeling. I don't so, know. Whatever I could learn. Tell me something. Tell me like either a specific situation in your life. Like I think of like, there's sometimes like a specific cost that comes up frequently for me that stresses me out or like stress about raising my prices. Is there any like specific roadblock or hurdle that you're experiencing with your money that I can help you through? A roadblock or hurdle. Okay. So a goal, honestly, is um, one of my motivators is my husband has uh, a chronic illness and I want him to feel more freedom, mm -hmm. not to have to continue in the job that he's already been in 32 years. I mean, he loves to work. He loves to work but he has chronic health issues and I want him to feel some freedom. Um, we as a household need to get our finances in better order, but my husband is kind of reticent about that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really want anybody else involved in it. And I'm like, honey, we really need some help here, you know? So tell me more, tell me more about what the thought for you, I'm not good at managing my money. Tell me more about that. Well, I love to shop. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love to shop and I'm not, a, I am not a great budget person. 
But there's a disordering in my mind about money, I think. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I think this is a super common belief for so many women. It is that exact phrase. I'm not good at managing my money. So let's play with this. Let's see if we can like pick this apart a little bit. In your ideal scenario, what would it look like to be someone who's good at managing your money? What would happen differently or what would what would you do differently or what would you experience differently? Um, he, so what it would look like is we would be able to get somebody to help us put out a plan, do a budget, and then actually stick to the budget. And so that my husband and I would be both on the same page doing this. So there would be accountability. And I'm I'm dysregulated on that. So tell me, so it sounds like for you, the thought I'm not good at managing my money kind of boils down to, I spend too much of it. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and we have debt that needs to be managed, Sure. If, you know, sure. so here's, here's my, oh, here's my umbrella opinion and let's apply this to you. So many of us feel so much guilt and shame for the things that we spend money on. Mm-hmm. And yes, some of those expenses might be su- superfluous, but I really love the belief even more that you are a powerful decision maker mm-hmm. and that everything that you spend money on was guided by your intuition, mm-hmm. maybe with some exceptions. And those are things we can look around at playing with eliminating. But this is this is where I get, <laughs> I differ a little bit from some money coaches like Dave Ramsey. I don't keep a very specific budget. Mm. I don't feel like it's possible to have limitations on what you can or can't spend and not feel limited and not feel scarcity to some degree. Right. 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 That's just my, my personal truth. (laughs) And I think it's true for so So, many people. So you mean, so your actual feeling Kaylin is that you don't want to be put in a scarcity mode or that you can have a budget, but it still doesn't have to feel like scarcity mode. I think both are true. I think it's totally intuitive. You can pick what feels better for you. So let me give you an example of what I actually do instead of budgeting. Cause what I used to do is like, I had this app that would say like, Oh, you have this, this number of dollars to spend. I'll, I'll talk about a specific area of my budget that always becomes friction is eating out. I love eating out and I hate cooking. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I often find that, I don't know, I'll, that's a, that's, that could be its own session for another day. So right. that was always the area of my budget that was, it felt limiting. It felt constricting on an evening when I was exhausted and when it would be just as easy to go get a pizza, I felt all this guilt and shame. Like I have to make food, even though it wouldn't actually be that much more inexpensive, you know, all the things that was an area of my budget that constantly caused friction for me. And when I loosened that, to what if I just trust myself that I can make good decisions in the moment? Mm. I think that's one part of it. One part of it is trusting and believing that I can make good decisions with my money. And the other part of it is trusting the money to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the area where I like to play with instead of decreasing my expenses, I like to play with increasing my income because I could spend, I could stress myself out like crazy over spending $7 on a little Caesars pizza, or I could find a way to increase my income a few hundred, a few thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So that's the part for me where that feels way more fun. 
And I do think budgeting is a helpful skill. I think it's important to be mindful and aware of where you're spending money instead of just like, I'm just going to close my eyes and just spend whatever I want and trust it. And to hope you. that it all goes fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. totally. That's not what I'm saying, but it's more of like, oh, so I started to say what I do. So I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of my expenses, but instead of keeping track of them in a way that's like, I shouldn't have spent that. I shouldn't have spent that. I, it's actually more of like a journal. So I'll actually go through expense by expense and I'll make a little spreadsheet for it and say, here's everything that I spent. Here's the cost. Here's the date. And then in the, in a little, um, cell on my spreadsheet next to it is like my journal where I'll write out, how did I feel about that thing that I spent money on? Uh -huh. Did that trigger guilt for me? Do I feel shame about that thing? Is it, is, is it an expense that I could actually remove or eliminate? And so it's, it's kind of like how you were saying before, Kate, like that my approach to marketing is like so much more filled with love and patience and compassion. It's kind mm -hmm. of true of the way that I look at my, I don't even want to call it a budget because that's not really what I mean. I, I like to look at my financial situation as how can I love myself the most? How can I have the most compassion and mm -hmm. myself in this season? And also have trust I can increase my income in ways that would eliminate my debt so quickly, in ways that would eliminate my stress about these little tiny nitpicky costs immediately. So there, you're taking a lot of the shame out of there. Yes. Taking the shame and the judgment yes. and making it a function, but also being mindful. That's yes. the interesting thing I see there is there's a mindfulness that you're putting into your process. Yes. So when I make a decision to buy something, it's very intuitive because, you know, if I, if I made the decision based off of the cut and dry budget, that might affect my decision. But mm. instead it's like, how do I feel about this? Is mm. this an actual need? Something I like, basically, maybe this is a better way to say it. I don't really have a budget. I have boundaries for the ways that I spend and don't spend money. My That's husband and I have a boundary that if it costs more than $500, we like to wait at least two or three days to like, mm -hmm. to think about it before we make the purchase. Right. And that way, I don't know. I just think you can make, you can have so much more impact in your financial situation by looking at the big ticket items instead of the little tiny, like, oh, I shouldn't have gone and gotten my drink. That was $3. Cause that's going to break my budget. It's like, let's look at the expenses and income that's in the hundreds and thousands range. Cause that will make things move so much more quickly. So for you, let's come back to this thought. I would love to play around with the thought. I'm not good at managing my money and put something in, pick a thought that feels more productive to the financial experience you want to have. Well, the one thing is I'm, I never work from a scarcity, um, uh, mindset because to me, I feel like we've been given so much, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like my family and I, we've been given a lot. And so I am very happy to give to others all the time. And I want to be in that space where I can do that. Yeah. You know, I want to be um, like, for instance, you know, I, I have things that I've bought before that I really don't need. And so I think, well, you know what, I'm just going to give that to somebody else. I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to gift it to somebody. I'm going to give it to the lady at church who, you know, is always down on her luck and she has health issues and she sure. would love this, you know, kind of thing. Um, or also give it to a friend, 
you know, like, oh, this sweater, I should have bought it because I should return it. I was like, no, I think I'm going to give it to my friend. So I would, I would like, I'm that way. Now, maybe, maybe it, you know, my judgmental self says, oh, well, you're just making an excuse for extravagant spending, Mm. not mindful spending, right? When you ask yourself that question, am I making an excuse for extravagant spending? How does that feel? Does it feel true or does it feel not true? Well, at the time, it doesn't feel that way, you know? So I think it is kind of shaming, I guess, you know? Yeah. Here's here's what I want to show you is that I feel like so many of us have grown up in situations where it's almost like they're like, like intuitive eating, like intuitive marketing. There's like good things to spend your money on and there's bad things to spend your money on. Instead of like, there might be situations where buying something to give it away might be a little bit of like, might be unnecessary. It might be a way that you're actually trying to like regulate your nervous system, which is super common and not a bad thing, just super good to be aware of. But there might also be situations where you're like, I genuinely would love to serve this person without a thought about with, with no guilt. And so the reason why I asked you that question that way is because another money coach might say my answer in a specific way, but I want you to see that you actually are really good at managing your money. When you release the shame, when you release the judgment and really tune into how you feel inside and trust that that decision is good for Mm. you at that moment. Right. How does that feel? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to work at, work at accepting that. (laughs) It's a, it's a, I like to think of, I said this before, I like to think of expanding my thoughts and feelings about money as like walking over a bridge where it's like, I'm, I'm not really, well, a bridge isn't a really super good example. Let's use the analogy of the tree again. I just, I would love for it to constantly be expanding, for it to constantly feel a little bit lighter, for it to Mm. constantly not feel so miserable. Yeah. And such a burden, right? A burden. Yeah. I love those thoughts for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Love having you here. Sheree, are you up? You are up. (laughs) Your hand is up. Are you ready to chat? Yeah. Okay. So money wise, um, money's getting to be where it doesn't feel like it's flowing in easily. Mm -hmm. And so I'm more aware of where it's going. Mm -hmm. And I don't, how do I make that? I'm trying to not let this energy like (laughs) feel heavy. Um, How do I let this money flow? easily and not give the thought that it's scarce Mm -hmm. that's what I feel like I'm doing like I would love to be inside the greenhouse right like I want to be there but I'm having this feeling of that the money shouldn't be spent Um, I did recently spend a very large amount of money on a course and I have not yet earned back that investment sure so in my head after that investment's paid off then I can go into the next one type of a thought yeah um 
I think also another thing I'm stuck on is I'm not convinced on my marketing, what I'm supposed to be doing. Like we visited about this recently, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so do I focus on that first or is it supposed to just, I, I'm holding on to this big ball of yarn and I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to organize and put this because you can't crochet with a jumbled ball of yarn. You have mm-hmm. to put it into a, a nice rolled up ball. Sure. So yeah, that's kind of where my thoughts are. How do I make it so that I don't feel scarce? Mm-hmm. Even though you're looking at the bank accounts <laughs> and you're like, you're like, that's pretty, pretty tread careful. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's feeling scarce. That's totally fine. Here's what I would say. Let's start there. Let's start with the feeling of money feels scarce right now because I think that will affect the product that you choose to sell. It will it will mm-hmm. affect the way that you talk in your marketing. I know for me, I've been through seasons where money felt scarce and it was almost like the energy of scarcity. It may not have been perceptive to other people. Maybe it was, but it was for sure perceptive to me that like the energy behind my marketing was more of a need instead of like, I just love to be here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the need you're feeling. Does that feel accurate? Sure. Here's what I love to play around with because this is where where my brain used to go was I would feel so much more peaceful when I make more money. And because I'm not, therefore I feel dysregulated. But I found that no matter what, the best, it is still possible to feel peaceful and regulated even if the number in your bank account looks a certain way. So the question, okay, here's the question. What are you making the number in your bank account mean about you, about your situation? Um, I have, I guess in my mind, you know how we all have like a number that makes us feel, safety is the word that's coming up. Yeah, that's real. But really my safety has nothing to do with money, right? Yeah. Like my safety would be um, like more of a physical thing. Like I would feel more safe if I, um, like say in my home, if it was more protected type of a thing. Like, and I think that also it's, um, I'm not seeing in my business um, that being replaced. So then I think of scarcity because I'm not seeing a steady income. Sure. So here's another question that came up and this is where it gets so interesting to play with because that feeling of safety is still available to you. Even if you have $0 in the bank account, even if the Mm -hmm. number in your bank account is negative, it would just require you to look for safety in something or someone else. And what I mean is by a higher power looking to God, (laughs) which, which I do in my heart, but maybe not necessarily always in my brain. (laughs) Because this is the thought that when I, when I discovered this, it, it like changed everything. You can feel peaceful. Well, you can feel peaceful with $10 million in the bank, or you can feel peaceful with negative dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. 
the trust though the trust has to be in someone him someone else yes that makes sense because he always has does that feel true to you oh absolutely he always has you're right I do trust that God's got this and so I just need to yeah say a prayer I suppose every time that fear comes up I really love that idea I I can think of a specific season where it was the same and for me it was like there actually was plenty of money in the bank account but I had this mental minimum that was like if we go below this then panic fear worry this could get really bad right and like every time I even went to like open my bank app or like click the link to look at my my balances it would like put me basically into fight or flight. It was like heart pounding, anxiety, stress, worry, like having a hard time focusing, sweaty palms. And that was my cure basically was like to say a prayer to me. It was mm-hmm. like, please help me see this differently. Please help me see that this is enough. Please help me get super creative with the resources that I have that I can visually see right now and the resources that I can't visually see. And what gets really fun about this is that when you start playing around with those kinds of prayers, with asking God that way, a whole new world of what's possible with your business opens too. He might give you opportunities that you could not have foreseen or guessed. I like to call those miracles. Yeah. But faith precedes the miracle. So I, for me, that was my cure was faith in faith in myself. 5% 5% and faith in him 100%. <laughs> the faith in myself was an extra bonus. Mm-hmm. But, and I think that will feel so like, I think for you, that will feel so good. It will feel like coming home to that truth that he's got you. Yeah. Very true. How does that feel? It feels good. Like it, I just like, it's one of those things like we know, but sometimes we just need a friend to remind us. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I've, I've been in this business world for several years now and these conversations are hard to find (laughs) these conversations of like, Hey, why don't you say a prayer and ask God to help you with your business? Right. I didn't hear anyone else saying them. So with all the compassion in the world, if you haven't been hearing this message before, it's not your fault, but it is, it is an answer that's available to you. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I can accept that one. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. See you, Sheree. See ya. All right, Sayla, do I have you here? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> so I have my first client and for the amount of value that I am offering in this one hour of my time every whatever amount of time that they want it's up to them how often they do the coaching calls but um but for the one hour that they're getting they're walking away with more than just that one hour that I I offer them and part of that part of the problem is that when I originally priced it I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like I didn't know I wanted to be very you know, I wanted to, I want it to be fairly, I don't know what the word is, like flexible with what that specific client needs, you know? Okay. 
Um, and so I priced it just like generally with that in mind. Okay. But, and now with this client, particularly, it's going to be a lot more work than just the one hour that I have with him. And so I'm offering him more valuable beyond just that one hour. You know, I'm giving him homework and I'm checking up with him and, you know, things like that. So tell me, what was the offer that he paid for? He paid for one hour of coaching. Okay. Where we go over his email marketing for that one hour. Okay. And you did that? I did that. And then I offered follow-up feedback. Okay. And then that was, that's it. Okay. Perfect. What does, does it look like? Is he still like reaching out to you and like asking you stuff at this point? Yeah. He's asked me a few follow-up questions, but nothing like, nothing that's been like, oh, we need a whole nother call for this kind okay. of thing. Okay. Is he a person that you would like to serve on an ongoing basis? Uh, he's not my ideal client. Okay. I'd say I typically would like to work with women sure. and mothers, but I mean, he's, he's a nice guy and I'd like to keep him. So it sounds like one option could be making him an additional offer of like, Hey, that offer that I gave you, you wouldn't say it like this, but in your mind, that offer that I gave you, that one hour coaching call is complete. So if you want to continue working together, I love to use the phrase, like, here's an offer that I think you would love. And now you know exactly what his needs are, exactly what he needs help with, right? Does that feel true? Yes, yes. Yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what his problems are. And yeah. and he needs a lot more help, honestly, than just email marketing. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to kind of just like gather it all in and bring it back into email marketing. But yeah, I'm not sure if I should offer a longer term one, because I do want it to be like very much, you know, flexible with what is going on in that. And not just for him, just all any, any new one-on-one. -on -one. I want it to feel flexible. That's really important to me. Okay. Tell me like, let's, let's eliminate the conversation, like without worrying about him or any of your future clients, tell me more about like what you would love. It sounds like flexibility is like a core value of yours. So let's, let's kind of create an offer that would give you the flexibility that you want and also make sure that you get paid the way that you should get paid that would also serve him and support him really well or your future clients. I really like what I have set up right now. Like I'm not, okay. I'm not going to lie. I really do like that. It's very much like I don't have any other obligation right now besides just that one hour of time every couple of weeks. Okay. Is he I really like that right now because I, I do have like full-time clients that I do their email marketing for. And so that takes up the rest of my time right. and that's another subject, but I really do like just being able to be like, okay, this is your one-on-one -on -one and that's it. You know, I don't have to think about you again until you're ready for more information or more feedback or whatever. Cool. Okay. So you don't want to offer him done for you services. You just want to offer coaching support. Yes, that's correct. Cool. Okay. So what if you offered him? Well, let me ask you this question this way. How many calls per month would you want to have with him? I think two a month is fine. Two per month. Yeah. And then 
what kind of support or what would the support look like outside of that? Or would there be any? Uh, like in, in time feedback. So like when he's sending emails and I get one of his emails, I can go, this was great. This was great. This was not, you know, can we fix this for the next one? Like, I do feel like that would be super helpful between calls because, because then you can make adjustments even quicker, you know, and see changes a lot faster. And so that's maybe the only other thing that I would consider just because it would take me, you know, I would get his email and then I go, this is great, but you know, this and this and this. If we call that like a, an email review or content review, how many of those per month or per week would you want to offer? Maybe once or twice a week. Love that. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. So this is the offer you're going to pitch him. I want to create a package that's customized just for you based on our relationship, based on what relationship sounds weird, especially when you're talking to a man. You know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I know about you (laughs) based on um, the support that I've already given you. Here's the offer. It's two private coaching calls per month scheduled at your convenience. Here's a link to my calendar. Mm-hmm. one content review per week that would look like you send me an email with the email that you want me to review and I'll reply to it mm-hmm. and it's fill in the blank price okay yeah how much would you want to charge for it mm-hmm. uh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know I don't know I really don't know because I want it to be a accessible do you want to be accessible do you want and I feel like that's that's hard that's but I also don't want to overstretch myself because I'm a mom and wife and and I'm already pretty stretched you know tell me the first number that comes to your mind for this package how much do you want to be paid per month 500 I love it How does that feel? Good. Good. Yeah, it feels good. I love it. Here's here's what I would play with. Pricing is like my most favorite game to play because it's so psychological. There are no rules. <laughs> pricing, you can literally charge whatever you want to charge. And so knowing that, I think it's super important to approach pricing from a question of like, what number would make me super excited to show up for this client yeah what number I've heard people say before like what number what's the minimum number you can say without like laughing at yourself basically like okay okay. (laughs) maybe even push you out of your comfort zone a little bit so okay I would also watch out for I've found that there's a I've heard it called like a resentment rate where if you charge Mm -hmm. that amount and they pay that amount and they're showing up you're serving them, but there's like a tiny bit of resentment in the back of your mind. That's a sign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the feeling that I'm getting right now. And so maybe that 500 isn't enough because like my one-on-one session is 200. So that's two a month. That's 400 right there. So then just the email audits on their own would be like, like $25 a week, which for the amount of value that I know that I would give, that's not a lot. Here's, here's a new, a new question to ask. Instead of the amount of value that I know I can give, I want you to ask the question, how much value would he get? 
Because if he has a hundred thousand people on his email list and he has one email that makes a thousand dollars after working mm-hmm. for a month, yeah, of instant return on investment for him. Sorry, say that again. My headphone fell out. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> if he makes a thousand dollars off of one email that you help him write, yes, that's return on investment from one email and he's sending right right yeah so that would be the question instead of like how much value could I give him because I can tell how this is what we do so often especially as women we set our prices based on like oh if if I was doing that and that that would be this many hours and my hourly rate is this so therefore my price is this yeah I want to ask the question how much money can I help him make and then choose yeah. the price based off of that yeah I know that I can help him make a lot more money than he currently is making like a lot more money so with that in mind what would you charge him probably a thousand I'd probably charge him a thousand that feels astronomical (laughs) (laughs) I would never pay someone that but I also don't have a list of a hundred thousand people you also potentially making me that much money you also are so, an expert, so of course you wouldn't yeah. pay, because you already know all that. Uh, it's That's true. That's true. But it also took me six years to learn how to do it, so <laughs> I'm he's paying for that, too. So how, I, let me ask you this. When I get future clients, do I, should I make offers specifically for that person because I do want that flexibility and should I remove my prices from my website Ooh, okay so there's two questions here one I always like to create my offers with my interest first okay which just for half a second sounds selfish and then I realized that I can serve my clients so much better if I am like pumped to show up for them So choose your offer based on what you would love the most first, and then what they would love the most second. That'd be my first piece of advice. As far as prices on your website, there are so many different opinions on this. Again, I think this is like a super, a decision to be made with your intuition based on what feels best to you. I love having my prices visible everywhere because I think it helps eliminate people who might not be my favorite client, you know? Because the strategy is if I don't put my, my prices places, then people will get on a consult call with me and then they can see how awesome I am. And then I can sell them on my rates, which is true. But my thought is I'm only working 15 hours a week and I don't want my calendar to be full of consult calls where they're not going to buy. And so I don't want to have consult calls where I tell them my prices and they get sticker shock. I want them to know going into the conversation. And then I have no pressure to sell because I know they already know what my rates are. And they're on this call because they said yes to that rate, basically. So I think that's my initial, like, that's that's what my intuition was telling me from the beginning was to be that transparent. And because I, I'm in the same boat, you know, where I don't want to be pitching to people all the time. And I want people to be like, okay, I have a goal to work with this person. This is what I know that I need to be able to work with her kind of a thing. So that's that's my first intuition. Um and maybe I just say starting at, yeah, packages starting at $200, you know, and then in the discovery call, we can do more like 
evaluating and and stuff like that. I think you should double your prices. I think you should say prices start at 500. If I, here's, here's another way to look at this. If I was looking for someone to hire my email marketing, I wouldn't hire them if they were charging less than $1,000 a month. I want them to be that good at what they do and that confident that they can provide that amount of value. Another fun question to play with. What, when you think about your ideal client, I want you to think about someone who wants the best of the best and who already has like proof of concept in their business. They have an email list. They have a product or service that's already selling. They just need emails to pour gasoline on the fire. And like the question that's coming to my mind is like, how much, how much would that service or coaching, depending on what your offer is, be worth to them? How much value would that provide to them? I mean, it's the difference between being able to grow your business or not and seeing substantial growth faster and not even seeing growth at all and potentially losing your business. Like that's the difference between having email marketing and not. 100%. So, I mean, it's pretty high value. <laughs> and maybe... I'm just thinking about other ways that I can have people be given value because I, I want it to be accessible. So here's what I found. This is a, it comes from a book. I wonder if I could find the page actually. It's called a hundred million dollar offers and it's written by Alex Hermosi, which is the most bro of all of the bros of marketing. And I am like anti-bro except for this one book. I do really like it. So he talks about something in the book called the vicious cycle of price where when you decrease your prices, you decrease this, this is gonna sound mean, but it's true. You decrease the quality of client, you decrease their willingness to show up for you, you decrease their buy-in, mental, emotional buy-in. When you increase your prices, you increase the type of client that you serve. The, he, he calls it client quality, which I, I do agree with. You increase, your excitement to serve them, you increase the amount of value that you can provide for them. So what I want to show you is that it seems like our, in our brains, like it's so, it seems so intuitive that like, if I decrease my prices and I get a better type of client, cause they're like more humble and down to earth and they're just starting and, you know, but I want you to play around with, if I wanted to increase the quality of the client that I serve, I would increase my prices and still be able to serve female business owners who are in the early stages of their business, maybe it looks less like they just started their business yesterday and they're one or one to two years into this. So they have some cash flow. They're in a phase where they're ready to invest in people seriously. They're not going to take advantage of my time. They're going to show up really seriously. That actually is a really good description of my ideal client for my private coaching. It's like my private coaching is not for someone who's just starting. It's for someone who's who's been around the block a little bit, who's a couple years into this and has some proof of concept to show that what they're selling is working and they just need help pouring gasoline on the fire. I'm not going to tell you that's who I think your client should be, but I think you should play around <laughs> with those thoughts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can totally, I can do that. Okay. I love this. And I feel um, like someone said in the, in the chat, create a course to serve that customer. And I do feel like I need, I can do that and feel good about serving that customer. 
in that way. Um, and then reaching for my one-on-one -on -one calls being that higher ticket, yes, higher ticket value. This so is I think I need to play around with that. I, I love that. So you can still serve those people who are just starting at a more accessible price point. But like, I think the, the thought for you to take away is how can I create more exclusivity? How can I make it hard for people to get access to me? And when they do get access to me privately, they pay, they invest in that access because it's so valuable. Okay. Okay. I'll play around with that. Fun questions to play with. I love it. Okay. Thank okay. you. You're so welcome. Thanks, you guys. I loved, loved, loved this session. I love open coaching. And I hope even if you didn't come on and get coached today, I think so often when women come on or brave enough to come on and get coached, it's like, oh my gosh, I have that same question. Or you can learn things just from listening to them being coached. So let me say one more time, the greenhouse is open and we're going to have so much fun in this program. You guys, this is like exactly what you're going to be experiencing inside one every other week. We're going to have open coaching calls like this. I'll pick a topic. So we'll have like an overarching like theme that we're going to talk about during open coaching. But then the other weeks, I'm going to bring a freaking baddie <laughs> top tier elite quality training for you just based on whatever I feel like the group needs in that moment. And we're going to have so much fun together. So send me a DM on Instagram if you want the discount code. Make sure to get in by midnight tonight if you want to take advantage of the early bird discount. And I will hope to see you inside. Bye, you guys. Hey, thank you so much for listening in today. Are we already friends on Instagram? If not, come over and follow me at kaylin.priest. It's the best way to get tons of free value that I put out into the world through my content and also to stay up to date on my current offers and ways that you can get more support and coaching from me. So come over, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM to say hi and let's be friends.